Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Meet you. Um, I'd love to chat with you after the service, uh, but we're excited, right? Um, we've been doing a series on timing over the last few weeks. Uh, if you've missed any uh, of the sermons in the last few weeks, I totally recommend going back and listening to them. Uh, and it's awesome. You can do that on YouTube or you can do that uh, on SoundCloud. We, you just basically go to the app uh, and in the kind of more section, you can click on the link there uh, and find all of the messages and uh, I've been in kids' church a little bit recently, uh, and just with our amazing team there, right? If you've got kids in church or you've had kids in church, you'll know how incredible our team are. Uh, and uh, just, I've uh, been reminded of how blessed we are to have people so passionate about uh, teaching our kids, right? That, uh, that they've got a vision, they've got passion, that they're aligning with what we're believing for our kids as well. Uh, and so it's just been a joy for me to be with them. Uh, this morning, I, I wanted to kind of just put a little note, and I like it's kind of one of these things, right? That post COVID, uh, I've got this annoying little symptom that kind of crops up. It's, I'm just believing it's not going to happen today, but this like little scratchy throat that happens. So, if, if please excuse me if that happens today, it's been months, right? We've we had COVID months ago, uh, and it's kind of still hanging around. So, if you've had it, you'll know sometimes these things just kind of take a while to shift. Um, but if you've been listening back on the messages, recently, uh, you'll be reminded, and, and I've been reminded, of how incredibly blessed we are as a church to have Pastor Jono and Emma with us, all right, are leading us, right? They're amazing. You can give them a round of applause, totally. Right, they're great communicators, but there's just so much more than that. And I'm, uh, I wanted to recognize, right, there's kind of 18 months that they've been with us leading our church. And it's been a pretty challenging season with COVID and mandates and all of the things. Uh, and it kind of church takes a lot more than just on a Sunday to happen. Uh, but I, I, they do so much behind the scenes, so much of what goes on. I just really wanted to honor you guys this morning. Uh, I know that they're very humble people, but there's just such, you've led our church with such wisdom and grace. Uh, I'm so grateful for the way that you've done that. And uh, just as a team, uh, like I speak personally, but I'm super grateful for you guys and what you bring. And I think the vision that you're kind of drawing us all in to be a part of is amazing. And so uh, we're grateful for you. We honor you this morning, you guys. Uh, such a joy to have you with us. And uh, in the, as I mentioned, in the Christian calendar, today is Pentecost Sunday. All right, and uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about it because some of us have kind of grown up in church. We know a little bit about these these celebrations that we have, but for other people, it might be new. And so uh, I wanted to kind of give you a little background, right? So 50 days after Passover, uh, Pentecost was one of the three major annual festivals for the Israelites. Uh, and you can read about them in Deuteronomy uh, 16, verse 16. And one of the festivals is the festivals of the weeks, or otherwise known as the festivals of a harvest. Uh, and it was a festival of thanksgiving for the harvest uh, of crops, the crops that were harvested. And uh, Jesus was crucified at Passover time, which was one of the other celebrations. Uh, and he ascended to heaven 40 days after his resurrection. Uh, so he rose from the dead. We celebrate that on Easter Sunday. And then 40 days later, he ascended to heaven. Uh, and we read about in Acts 2, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. So I wanted to read that to you. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the Holy Spirit came 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. And if you kind of do the maths, right, that's 10 days after his ascension. So there was 40 days Jesus was around, and then he ascended to heaven, and then uh, Pentecost, uh, the Spirit came uh, 10 days after that. And Peter preaches to the crowd that gathers when the followers of Jesus begin speaking in tongues. Uh, So this happens in Acts 2, and Peter speaks to the crowd, and he reminds them of what was promised by God through the prophet Joel centuries before. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And this reiterates what Jesus had promised before he ascends to heaven in Acts 1. In Acts 1 verse 3 to 5, he says this, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In our series on timing, we've been talking about different types of things, a time to rest, a time to serve, Uh, being in sync with God's timing, if you remember Pastor Helen's also message, and wise about how we use our time. We took that on my mother's day. In the first week, Pastor Jono talked about the wait. I'd like to focus again on the in-between, when we have received a promise, but there's a gap or a wait before we see it fulfilled. In the time between resurrection and ascension, Jesus appeared to many people, right? He, uh, to Mary Magdalene and to Mary, Salome and Joanna, uh, to Peter and two disciples on the road to Emmaus. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, we read that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to over 500 of his followers. But by the time the believers received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, there were only 120 believers present. Uh, You can read about that in Acts uh, 1 verse 15. I'll pop it up. It'll come up on the screen now. See, within a period of 50 days, the group of people who were present went from over 500 to 120, right? And this kind of had me thinking, what happened in between? See, there was an uncertainty about how long they'd be waiting. Jesus said, in a few days, Right? And a few days is kind of a, a hard-to-quantify time, right? <laughs> a few days could be two days. That's kind of what I would think, hopefully. Like, yeah, okay, cool. God, yeah, you're going. Right, in a few days, cool. Uh, but actually, 10 days, you know, that's, that's a little while. Uh, and, and we live with this tension as Christians of not being sure. Pastor Jono talked about that in his first sermon in this timing series. See, we all go through periods of waiting where we receive a promise and wait for it to be fulfilled. It's beyond our ability to make the promise happen, and we don't know when it will happen, so our responsibility only then is to wait expectantly with faith. 
And this morning, I, I wanted to kind of just share three thoughts uh, today about just in that kind of in-between, in the gap. Things that we can do as Christians, right, to, to keep ourselves with hopeful expectation of what God is going to do. The first one is this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Right? I love that this is such a fundamental truth to our walk with God. I wanted to show you some cute pictures, actually. So last week in Bright Sparks, this is Bright Sparks. If you haven't been to Bright Sparks, it's awesome. Bright Sparks is like two-year-olds to five-year-olds kind of thing. Uh, and the amazing Andrea, uh, who's one of the leaders in Bright Sparks, they were talking about keeping their eyes on Jesus, right? So they talked about the story of Peter stepping out of the boat. That's the jelly, blue jelly. There's the jelly. You just, your jelly bean mean, you can get it, right? And, and, I, and I asked Timo, who's three, on the way home in the car, Timo, what did you do at Kids Church today? What did you learn about? And he told me about the jelly. And then I said, so like, what was that about? And he said, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus, like this. It's like, yes, so good. And he came home with his little flag thing, right? They left the jelly at Kids Church, which is probably a good idea. Um, but he knew, right? That's something, a fundamental truth. But how easy is it for us to get distracted or to get discouraged? Because let's be honest, circumstances in life can bring discouragement sometimes or distraction. The followers of Jesus were expecting a mighty saviour who would overthrow the Roman government and free them from their oppression. And, you know, during his time of ministry, his disciples had walked with Jesus and, and learnt his way. And even when they heard that he was bringing in a different kind of kingdom to what they expected, uh, it, it was still possible and easy for them to lose heart. He's crucified, right? And then their situation doesn't immediately change. He's with them. They get to see the resurrected Jesus. And then he ascends into heaven and he gives them this promise. And as we're waiting for our promise uh, to be fulfilled, it's easy to get discouraged by circumstances. I wanted to share a little testimony as, as part of my message this morning, something that Caleb and I have been uh, going through at the moment. And as part of our Go Big series uh, this year, uh, we uh, felt God prompt us to begin the process of uh, looking for a new house. Uh, so selling our house, kind of stepping out in faith. And uh, really early in the pro process, God reminded us of a prophecy we had received uh, five years ago. Uh, and it was from Michael Maiden. Uh, some of you will know, uh, quite well-respected prophet. And uh, as we were reading the prophecy, both Caleb and I felt God tell us uh, that this prophecy was for this moment. Uh, which was really cool. It was like, wow. And kind of we both, I finished reading it. And then we were just kind of both like, yeah, we felt like God said that both to us. And uh, so we decided that we'd just start praying each night just for a few minutes, right? We decided we'd set an alarm at seven o'clock and we'd pray, right? For just like, thought we'd make it manageable. So we'd start for like five minutes, okay? We're going to pray together. Uh, and we just began to look for houses. And God had lined up some circumstances where uh, my parents kind of partly retired, uh, and it, they sold this business that they had. And so uh, it was awesome because they could kind of lend us the money to buy a house before we sold a house, uh, which was an incredible blessing uh, and just in the short term. So uh, this allowed us to buy a house um, before we'd sold our other one. And uh, we bought a house uh, in the end of March, which had a settlement date at the end of May. Uh, so that's um, kind of two months, right? Uh, and uh, we'd kind of felt like, man, there's just the calendar was really full, uh, lots of church stuff going on, lots of life stuff happening, and we felt God tell us 
uh, to wait uh, until we'd moved to begin to sell our house. And it's, it's been a challenging two months, right, to wait uh, until we'd moved to begin to sell. Uh, and I don't know, every single person you talk to has a different opinion on what's happening with the housing market, right? Oh, man. Like, and so, right, like, you can let the circumstances become quite discouraging, right? There's a, a war like, imminent, you know, there's kind of like the question of what's going to happen. There was uncertainty around that. And then we live in Wollstone, and so there's been this kind of unfortunate smell that's been lingering. And so, you know, like, if you look at the circumstances of all of the things, you think, oh, God, like, I, I'm believing that this is miraculous, but it's so easy to get discouraged, But for me, when I looked at the circumstances, I was so susceptible to that. But when I focused on Jesus, I felt hopeful and I felt at peace. Where has God given you a promise? Are you continuing to remain focused on him despite what's happening around you? One of the people uh, who Jesus appears to after he's resurrected is uh, Saul, Uh, And you'll know the story on the road to Damascus. Uh, He encounters Saul, and Saul has been persecuting Christians up to this point. And uh, Saul is blinded for three days. And then the Lord says Ananias, uh, who's incredibly brave, to go and pray for him. And and I, I, the thought, right, like Paul's blinded for three days. And just that thought that like, all he could do was focus on this encounter that he just had with Jesus. And I think that's something incredibly powerful, isn't it? You know, that keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, keeping our eyes focused. Peter, as he steps out of the boat, he sinks when he's not focused on Jesus. But when he remains fixed on Jesus and what he's doing in his life, then he gets to do something miraculous and he's a part of an incredible miracle. So my first thought to you this morning is to keep your eyes on Jesus. The second thought is to hold to and proclaim his promises. Right? So many people in your life will have thoughts on how things might go. Some can bring encouragement. Others bring information. Some people bring a warning. Right? But we've got to choose to let God's word and promise be our foundation rather than the opinions and the advice of other people. If you think about the group of 500, they saw the resurrected Jesus with their own eyes And yet, right, we suspect that somehow some of them got discouraged or distracted along the way, right? There's a a kind of a gap here, and it's easy for little comments. I don't know about you, like the news, right? You watch the news, and you're like, oh, it feels like lots is going on. Warnings from well-meaning people to discourage us. But as believers, we have the power to proclaim God's promises and to speak them over our situations, I love that, right? I love uh, that it kind of gives us direction for our prayer, that we receive a promise from God. We can pray it in faith. Uh, For Caleb and I, we've really held to the word we've received, and it's been a focus for our prayer on the house. Uh, It's an incredible comfort to be able to thank God for what he's promised and pray pray specifically uh, into what he said. In the current climate, there's lots of things that people think might happen. While some of those things might be possible, it's great to remind us that as Christians, we operate from a kingdom mindset. And some of our decisions might not make sense to other people. At one point, I had a moment with someone in my close family who 
who wanted to kind of keep me informed about the situation financially in the world at the moment. And I found that it like really negatively impacted the hope and the faith that I was carrying for God to do something miraculous. So I had to kind of respectfully ask them not to share it with me at this time. What has God spoken over your life? What promises Throat lozenge. <laughs> ah, it's emotional. <laughs> <laughs> what promises has he given you? Who are you allowing to speak and influence your thinking? Do you have a record of words that you've received from God, promises he's given you, things that he's dropped into your spirit in quiet times? Maybe today it's a a reminder to go back and remind yourself of what God has spoken. Take time in your journal. I kind of had this discipline before we had kids and it's been awesome, right, where I wrote down prophecies in the back of my journal. And it's amazing being able to go back to those and to find them easily. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hold to and proclaim your promises, his promises over you. The third thought is this. Keep remembering what he has done. The word testimony in Hebrew is the word aduth, which means to repeat, to return to, or to do it again with the same power and authority. The Greek word for testimony translates as witness. So kind of to, to combine the Hebrew and the Greek translations, we could think of it as we are his witnesses and that he will do it again. And you kind of think about it from uh, the the situation of salvation, since I'm a witness of his salvation power to me, then I can testify to you that he will do it again for the next person. Revelation 19 verse 10 says, Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Excuse me. Every time we speak out, We read a testimony. We're saying, Lord, do it again with that same power and authority. (coughs) Both in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Remembering what God has done is incredibly powerful and allows us to stay present until the promise has been fulfilled. Testimonies build faith and help us to hold on to hope. For Caleb and I, personally, uh, we experienced God's miraculous provision when we bought our first house seven years ago. See, going back to that and reminding ourselves of what God did then has allowed us not to lose hope or focus in the waiting now. 
We've also taken encouragement from the testimony of others. Maybe the team you guys can come. Acts 13 verse 15 says this. If you have a word of exhortation for people, please share it. See, each of us will experience times when we're waiting in the in-between for a promise of God to be fulfilled. We can keep our eyes on Jesus, hold to and proclaim his promises, and keep remembering what he has done. (coughs) I love that the testimony doesn't even have to be your own, right? That's something incredibly powerful as believers that we have. We can share the goodness of what God's doing in our lives. And sometimes we know that for ourselves, right? But there's other people who need to hear our testimonies. I've loved listening to the testimonies from Encounter because it brings me hope, right, that people find freedom, that God's done miraculous things. And I think, God, I know that you did it for them. And so I'm believing that you can do it for me too. So Caleb and I are still in the process of selling our house and we've kind of, we've accepted a conditional offer and we're just waiting for it to now go through the process. But we're waiting with anticipation for what God is doing, keeping focused on him and holding fast to his promises. And as we take a moment to remember Pentecost today, the incredible thing is that the same gift of the Holy Spirit, which was available to believers 2,000 years ago, is available to us today. In his letter to the Romans, Paul outlines in chapter 8 the life we can have through his spirit. And I wanted to read a little bit to you, and I, I love kind of the message paraphrases it. So I wanted to just read this part of it to you this morning from chapter 8, verse 15 to 28. It says this. The resurrection life you have received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Isn't that awesome language? Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. I wanted to skip down a little bit here to verse uh, 23. The Spirit of God is arousing within us. We are feeling the birth pangs. The sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for the full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, do not see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired of waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. We wait with joyful anticipation, right? enlarged and more joyful in the process. And maybe today you recognize that you've become tired in the waiting. 
The incredible thing is that God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us. And I love the promise that Peter gives us as he recounts the scripture of the prophet Joel. You guys can come. In Acts 2 verse 17, it says this. In the last days, God's Spirit will pour out, I'm sorry, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. What an incredible promise, right? Can you stand with me this morning? We have the Holy Spirit with us. Each one is given the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing is that in this time, right, as God deposits promises in our hearts, reminds us of dreams He's given us, gives us visions for the future, that He's there with us, stirring us, calling us forward into relationship with Him. And I wanted us to sing this song that the team are going to sing fresh with it. And for you, maybe you're in one of two kind of places right now, right? You, you, you're like, God, I don't have any promises. I'm not really sure. Right, what you're wanting to do in my life. We'd love to be able to pray for you this morning. We'd love to be able to prophesy with you. We'd love to be able to speak, you know, believe for God to speak to you this morning. So we invite you to come, right? If you're needing a word from God this morning, if you're needing a, just that encouragement, we'd love to be able to come and pray for you. But also for each one of us, as we sing this, I love us to just open ourselves to the Holy Spirit again and remind our, allow Him to speak. Allow Him to stir again the dreams and the promises that He's given you to remind you of that. And that in doing that, you can uh, just encounter Him afresh this morning. That He can speak, that He can stir something, that there's a joyful anticipation of what He wants to do in you this morning. So Lord, we pray right now that you would move. God, we thank you for your Spirit and we encounter you this morning. Our hearts are open to receive right now, God. We thank you that you would move, God, that you would stir, God, that you would remind us afresh of your spirit, Lord, of what you're wanting to do and the promises and the dreams and the visions that you've given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 